Good morning, Simon. Hello, Sam. You're not here with me. I don't like this. Mm, yeah, I, 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 just as you answered, I was feeling like there's something different about this week. I know. I know. You've and, spoiled um, me now. Now I'm used to having you here. You, know, you now have to fly up every Friday. I'm sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll do that. Done. I'll there speak to my people. Okay. I'll get my um, agent on the line. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> How has your week been? Um, I don't know, Sam. It's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a long and confusing week, if I'm honest. How's Aww. your week been? Uh, okay, I'm trying to quit smoking, as I told you last week. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to Champex. Champex! Yeah, so Champix. it's kind of coming together. It's like Zyban, but without the horrible psychological side effects. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I'm slightly twitchy, but, you know, all good, all good. Champex is a village located in the French-speaking Swiss canton of Valais. <laughs> it also sounds like something you give to horses uh-huh. uh, to make them perform sexually. I don't know. Okay. Um, you sure yeah, this isn't no, a placebo? <laughs> it could be. Might well be. But hey, placebos have been shown to be very effective. Especially so, uh, those named after small towns in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally in favor of doctors prescribing placebos. It works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Champix is interesting because the last time I quit, and oh man, Mark Twain said this thing once. He said, uh, quitting smoking is the easiest thing in the world. I should know I've done it 20 times. Um, and I'm starting to feel like that. Uh, so the last time I quit, it was with Zyban. And Zyban, what it does, it's mm. the most amazing thing. You've, you've got to keep smoking for the first couple of weeks when you're taking Zyban because and what it does every time you have a cigarette it makes you feel nauseous um, which is this really strong memory encoder so it's the same way that if you eat frot melon you know you then don't want to eat melon Uh, it's this very powerful instinctive thing so it does that to cigarettes Um, but it also makes you feel like you have the worst PMS for a full month you just are a crazy person Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm normally not that much of a crazy emotional person so that was that was kind of weird for me so Mm. Champix doesn't have that side effect which is a nice thing mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. well that's good uh i hope that you quit smoking forever because i kind of like having you around and um it's, it's been suggested that smoking is not that good for keeping people around i do hear so although the person in the world who's lived the longest was this a french woman who lived to 127 or mm-hmm. 122 or something and she smoked until she was 93 uh-huh. <laughs> we discussed 23 and me last week um and we yeah. touched on this but uh, does 23 and me do any of the smoking gene stuff uh, I don't know. I know it does the longevity gene. Mm. Um, I don't know if it looks mm. at smoking genes. Because mm. um, that would be handy. Not that you should smoke, even if uh, your genetic makeup suggests that you have a high tolerance for not dying. Um, yeah. I, I still but think it's perhaps not the best idea in the world. Probably, yeah. We should club together. We should get a bunch of people who want to get gene analysis done and send off a package. Absolutely. Because you would have to do some fancy um, delivery stuff, mm. delivery ninja. The big question is always, do you really want to know? <laughs> do yeah, you, do you so. really? Oh, Simon, it comes back and you're going to lose all your limbs and you go blind You should never and eat die. another pancake. <laughs> oh, no, that would be ter- too terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you had the, if you had the um, pancake death gene, uh, that would be kind of terrible. It would be kind of bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, thinking about uh, the Zyban uh, mm-hmm. has kind of got me thinking about um, drugs and the personality and kind of how there is no sense of essential self. Sorry, this is like just diving wow. into depth Whoa. here. <laughs> Back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Straight into the existential stuff. 
I'm just going to like add to the confusion of your confusing okay. week. I just need to stretch, <laughs> Sam. Hold on. <laughs> uh, All right, I'm good. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get existential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think, so I was, I was counting the other day on my fingers and I, I soon ran out of fingers um, and toes, you know, because I still count like a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my friends who are on antidepressants of some kind or some kind of psycho, psycho, what is it called? Psychopharmaceutical. Jesus, this um, is going to be a heavy one. Dude, it's all of them. It's okay. pretty much everyone in my in my age group. And I think there is a thing where, you know, in your 20s, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's diagnosed as depression. And is it even splitsies between uh, men and women? Uh, so I was thinking about it and I was thinking pretty much all of my female friends have been on some kind of psycho medication. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the common factor here. Um, with the guy friends, it's probably half of them. But then I was thinking maybe guys just don't talk about it. Well, maybe, but, um, that, that's, that's actually a pretty good hypothesis, but, Mm. uh, you know, anecdotally, uh, most of my friends who are on antidepressants are ladies. Um, mm, lady type people. Yeah, but when you when you talk to them all, um, and I was reading, I'm trying to remember. I think it was one of Mary Roach's books. Uh, mm. In fact, it could have been Bonk, uh, where she talks about the hormonal cycle of women mm. uh, and how that wreaks havoc on your moods. And that when you start introducing uh, other things into into a lady's life, um, you know, especially the pull and things that start interfering with that hormone cycle, then you're really mm. just starting to. You're really starting to poke at the stew in a in a in a mm. in a massive way, and I'm wondering if that doesn't if that because I mean your mood is your chemistry and your hormones especially they they yeah. they affect your moods, and I'm wondering if it isn't like this big balancing act experiment mm. that's going on within the female population where yeah. we're bombarding the hormones from one direction uh, to kind of uh, make sex more. Um, uh, fun and enjoyable uh, in the long term, <laughs> but also bombarding it from the opposite direction because now we're messing with moods and it's depression mm. and it's mm. I don't know. It seems like a mess, Sam. It seems it like could a mess. Be. So, so I think that's that's a it's a very good point. But you know, men also have hormonal cycles. You know, um, that also <laughs> are sort of lunar in nature. Just uh, want to say it's basically a day. <laughs> it's like wake up, smash, <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Testosterone um, is a very simple hormone, I think. Uh, yeah, but men also have estrogen. Men also have other hormones going on in there, you know. So there is this thing about how hormones are just, you know, people talk about hormones as an entirely female phenomenon, and they're really not. And no, it kind of you're, me off. you're right. But I think yeah. I think there's scope for us saying, you know, the whole uh, procreation thing being the ladies' problem uh, mm. that needs to change now. Uh, yeah, how, sure. do, how do we make boys uh, not have Sterile. babies every yeah. other month? Did I tell you about the amazing Indian doctor that we interviewed for The Brave, which is also available on seed.tv forward slash TB? Sorry, throwing it in there. Shameless plug. Uh, um, you, should, you should shamelessly plug as, as often as possible, I'm told. Um, but that episode is not available yet, is it? No, it's not. Um, so God it's damn not it, Sam. I know because we're awful and lazy. Or let's still um, talk about it on this show and then uh, – <laughs> So, uh, but just very briefly, I mean, we Mm -hmm. interviewed this incredible guy called Dr. Sujoy Guiha, uh, who is a a medical researcher at the Indian Institute of Technology. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's invented a a male birth control injection that lasts for 10 years and can be reversed at any time and takes about five minutes to administer. And it's amazeballs. So, Uh you know, those things are happening. Yeah, they need to happen more. Uh, the thing is, like, you know, that's a touchy subject with men. 
You know, mm. most men like can't bear the thought of their dog being neutered. Like, oh, <laughs> poor guy. Um, you know, like the dog knows what the fuck is going on. But yeah. but you know, it's it's. Do you know, sorry. On that note, you know, apparently you can get testicle implants for dogs now. So, <laughs> like, so that if you've cut his balls off, you can at least they can look like there's something there. So your poor dog doesn't have to suffer. Just the give him four. <laughs> Make him feel better. Make them huge. <laughs> give yeah. him four big testes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the cycle of history is basically being men ignoring pressing issues and then ladies having to deal with them for the men. Does doesn't oh, it feel it. often like that's just that's <laughs> that's what life is about is yeah, boys ignoring sure. problems and, and girls cleaning up the mess. <laughs> well, cuz unfortunately they are saddled with the mess when it comes to to procreation yeah. at least. I um, I know, I mean I'm not going to mention names, but most most of the divorces I've witnessed in my life seem to go that way. <laughs> it's like yeah. boy going uh, I need to have more fun and drink more beer, and you're in my uh, way. Goodbye now. Mm, and then yeah. lady having to do all the real work with the children and the not drinking beer. Oh, man, this is becoming a gender conversation. That Dude. just depresses me. Gender just depresses yeah, me. I just don't want to think about it. <laughs> but for me, it's a fun topic, and I think it doesn't get spoken about enough. And if you look at yeah. a lot of the problems that we have in the world today with gender bias and misogyny and mm. all the rest of it, a lot yeah. of them are because we, do, we just brush these topics under the table, uh, totally. and they're completely taboo, and we don't want to like face up to the reality that mm. actually men and women are very different. Yes, yeah. we should be treated as equals, but we're very different. Our makeup is different. Uh, mm. And we don't appreciate those differences enough, especially mm. on the ladies' side. Men seem to be able to get away with fucking anything. Uh, <laughs> but the moment, like, a lady has to bend to her chemistry, now it's a problem. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, there's that, there's that whole thing of, like, men as human and women as the alternative to men. Um, there's this <laughs> incredible art project happening at the moment. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. It's called Clitoracy. And it's, like, so this woman, I can't remember her name, which the internet says. It's Sophia Wallace. Clitoracy 101 Apple's is the name totally of the project. Apple's just going to delete this episode. <laughs> they shouldn't. Why? Well, they can't. This is amazing. <laughs> so, and her whole thing is um, the fact that, what is it reported? Like 10% of women have had an orgasm, like adult women. It's something insanely low. It's maybe not that low. So she's saying that is a human rights disaster. And the reason that that happens <laughs> is because, the, like, no, which I totally support, damn straight. You know, that is a part of being a functioning human being. And, you know, and she's sort of, it's basically a, a, an awareness campaign. So, you know, she's got these big posters printed out saying you know do you know that the average size of a clitoris is 12 centimeters long and six centimeters wide which is true by the way Good oh Lord. my goodness i know crazy crazy stuff mm-hmm. um and like you know <laughs> stuff about things that you think you know about female anatomy that you actually don't mm-hmm. um it's very cool and she's just putting it up in people's faces which is great with apologies to anybody who found this episode on the internet and uh, is now looking at the back seat where their children are seated <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, you know, it's, uh, we were talking about the book I was reading last week called How to Fail mm. at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams, who was mm. the creator of Dilbert, is the creator mm. of Dilbert. Uh, yeah, he still is. Um, but it's, he also talks about understanding the chemistry of your body, which, which I found fascinating. And I don't think mm. enough people do understand their bodies. Uh, yeah. They kind of just ignore the um, fleshy meat robot. Um, sure. But But – he talks about the power of understanding how different things impact on your body. You know, some people mm. uh, can eat as much wheat as they want. It's not a problem. Other people eat wheat and like five minutes later, they're sleeping. Um, mm. 
and and just paying attention to those signals that your body's sending off. What is this thing doing to my body? What is that thing doing to mm. my body? Maybe I'm Captain Moody Pants today, uh, not because of <laughs> my colleagues and the fact that my uh, wife has run off with another man, but because I had too many pancakes. That was a terrible example. Uh, no, not dude, because it's, I it's lost the my best left example. shoe. Really, because that it is, it's that simple. And it's, you know, we feel like that really undermines what, how we think of ourselves as these angelic, rational, you know, mm. things. But well, we're, not. we're not, we're not angelic, rational beings. Uh, stop thinking of yourself as a fleshy bag of magic and start <laughs> thinking of yourself as a robot that can be programmed. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Plus, you know, uh, there are a lot of good things to be gained uh, just through simple diet changes. I was reading this fascinating infographic. Is that what you do to mm. an infographic? You observe it. Uh, yeah, you absorb I don't know. it. Absorb um, it through your eyeballs. Uh, but it's, it was done by the guys at I Love Coffee. JP. Uh, and it's a comparison of your brain on beer versus coffee. And it's fucking fascinating. <laughs> um, basically, to sum it up, uh, when you need to come up with ideas and brainstorm, you should drink beer. Like, there should be beer in the office for the times where you need to come up with ideas. There and then is when in you need our to, office. And then when you need to <laughs> execute on the idea. Uh, then you should have coffee. And they've got the whole scientific expl- uh, explanation. Like, when alcohol yeah. hits your cerebral, cerebral cortex, you feel less focused, but it frees up your brain from all the distractions that normally occupy it. And when your blood alcohol yeah. reaches 0.07, about two drinks worth, you become more creative. Uh, and, of amazing. course, I think the coffee thing's been done to death. Um, yeah. But coffee makes you more alert, more focused, ready to mm. execute. Uh, you know, less creative, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and we're also finding out that coffee does all sorts of other great things for you. Uh, mm, like pro- decreased Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's like full of uh, antioxidants. It extends life. It destroys mm. some forms of cancer, they're suggesting. Um, mm. Anyway, the conclusion is... Unless when you, you need drink a idea, coffee like me, which is like coffee-flavored sugary milk. Yeah. We'll <laughs> paste a link to this infographic. Please. Beer is yeah. good for kickstarting your brain into coming up with great ideas. Coffee is yeah. good for executing those ideas. Oh, I um, found it. Cool. Yeah. So, but you know what happens then is that, and which is a great thing, is you, you become aware of these sort of things and you start treating your entire life as a series of, of little mini experiments on yourself. And I think we're really bad in general at capturing those, exper- those experiments we perform on our own body, right? So like, mm-hmm. hey, I have a headache. I'm going to take a Panado and see what happens, you know, and mm-hmm. this time I'm going to try this and I'm going to, you know, we, we're just very unaware of the fact that we are playing these experiments with our bodies all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and discovering, oh, wait, if I drink a giant can of monster energy drink, I'm useless for the next three days, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of do these, you know, ad hoc without thinking about them too much, but we Absolutely. could formalize it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to remember that uh, British comedian. His first name is Simon. Uh, I saw him in New York a while ago. He must uh, be cool. He's totally Simon Amstel, I think it was. He's completely yeah. off sides. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, you know, your art exhibition you just discussed, we could get away with that. I wouldn't be able to get away with half of the things uh, that <laughs> Simon Amstel says on stage. Um, but uh, he talks about how, how his dad was just a complete bastard growing up and uh. and how it just turned his world upside down and his, his mother left and it was just a nightmare. And then one day, uh, he finally brought himself to meet with his father again, uh, who was now this friendly, uh, jovial old fellow. Uh, yeah. And he found out that he had just cut wheat out of his diet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Really. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that stuff's scary, though, because, you know, I, I think particularly when you're a teenager and you're all like, oh, who am I? What is this, what is this thing? What is my life? What is the purpose? Blah, blah, mm. blah. It's, teenagers are very boring people mm. um, because they spend all that time introspecting. Um, 
And then, you know, you realize that you have PMS and once a month you are a different human being and it feels as real in that, you know, two days a month as it does at any other time, but you act and behave like a completely different person. And then that totally screws with this whole idea of I am the sin, calm, whatever. No, sometimes you're a crazy bitch. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or Um, Captain Grumpy Pants. Captain Grumpy Pants because he ate mm. too many pancakes. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it, and the other interesting thing is if you if if all you're paying attention to is the science out there, it mm. changes all the time. Now you know anybody who's who's found our conversations on the internet and listened to them before knows that we're very in favour of the scientific method uh, and of critical thinking and of clinically proven stuff as opposed to uh, water with nothing in it. Um, but. <laughs> But it's, it's, nutritional science is amazing because things seem to just change mm. every 10 years. It's like eggs are good, eggs are bad. Bread yeah. will kill you. Bread is a vital part of your daily yeah. diet. And I think eat butter, eat margarine, yeah. Yeah, and what we're starting to learn is that actually everybody's different, obviously, because of our mm. genetic makeup, etc. But, uh, you know, what's good for one person is not necessarily good for all people. Like, mm. if you genuinely do have a gluten disposition, which is mm. like 0.00 whatever percent of the population, then mm. you should not touch gluten. It's bad for you. But for mm. everybody else, for 99.9% of people out there, gluten is a very part, important part of your diet. Uh, plus, mm. it holds bread together, which is kind of handy. But... Um, but now, you know, so, so then, like, we find out that it's possible, theoretically, for you to have a gluten disposition. And now gluten is the enemy. When you speak to any hippie, mm. they're like, I've cut gluten out of my diet. My homeopath <laughs> says it's killing the fairies. Um, so there's, like, a lot, of, there's a lot of sort of pop culture bullshit that goes with our diets as well. Um, mm. Based on whatever the fad is now or whatever a study in inverted commas has just revealed. Totally. Remember the blood type diet? Oh, oh the stupidest thing. That told me I wasn't allowed to eat tomatoes. And I was like, screw this shit. Close the mm. book. No. But, no, tomatoes are the best. You know, in lieu of working with a team of geneticists, <laughs> uh, the only <laughs> way you're going to figure this stuff out for yourself is through experimenting. Absolutely. So one of the books I'm reading at the moment, which is amazing, it's this book called This Will Make You Smarter. And it's by... Uh, <laughs> Book title ever. I know. Um, but it actually delivers on, on its promise amazingly. So it's by uh, the one of the editors of Edge magazine. And basically they, they went around to a whole bunch of great thinkers around the world from different scientific fields. Um, and they ask all of them one question, which is what is the single concept that every common person should have in their cognitive arsenal that will make them better thinkers? Um, hmm. And so it's these like one to two page, very short very succinct essays from guys everyone from like david attenborough to like amazing scientists neil degrassi tyson does one like it's just amazing um and they're nice and short and and digestible um and one of the one of the the concepts that comes up several times is just the scientific method because the reality is we think that we can trust you know experts to make the decisions for us even in science the reality is Every, every human being is their own experiment because they're different. So you have to keep mm-hmm. experimenting with yourself, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's starting to sound dirty. <laughs> it is kind of. This Will Make You Smarter by John Brockman. We'll uh, post a link to it in the show notes. Uh, and good, since, it, yeah. Sorry, it's a good bathroom read. <laughs> well, <laughs> Little two-page essays. We've established already that that's the only place you read, Sam. No, it's, it's the not. Bath. I read on planes. Oh, okay. Oh, in the bath, yes. In the, that's in I mean. the bathroom on the plane. Um <laughs> All right, this will make you smarter by John Brockman. And this being the 19th episode of Take Back the Day, you'll be able to find the notes for this uh, Splendiferous show 
at seed.tv forward slash tbtd forward slash 19. That's one nine. Uh, last time I checked. Um, John Brockman. I'm just like, uh, uh, you know, when you, when you search for books on Google now, Google brings you lots of other books that might interest you. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. Google. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at a book from 2007 by John Brockman that I heard and heard of called What is Your Dangerous Idea? That looks really interesting. He seems, to be a, he seems to be a bit of a disruptivator. Cool. <laughs> I'll try and check that down as well. Mm-hmm. That does look yummy. So what the, if, the what have you learned works to get you doing stuff or thinking about stuff or in the zone? or Because uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel like often it's just the time of day, you know? Like, yes, yeah. cof- coffee helps to get me focused. But, boy, if I, if I hit my stride early in the morning, I need no coffee. Yeah. Um, I think the tricky thing, and we've kind of discussed this before, is that you kind of work out what your own routine is. But unfortunately, the rest of the world doesn't necessarily bow down to that. So particularly if you're working with other monkeys in an agency, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, and the other monkeys want to have meetings with you at various times when actually that might be your good productive time. So this happens to me a lot. Um, So I, I think for me, it has been very much a time of day thing and a routine thing. So making it a thing that I don't think about, just do mm-hmm. um yeah and, and then supplemented by various things like cigarettes and coffee mm-hmm. um but but the tricky thing is being able to block out time that you know is your good thinking time and protect that from the rest of the world that's been the hard thing for me mm-hmm. i don't know what about you um i'm i feel like i'm still figuring it out sam as as you've probably realized about me i don't i don't know very much about anything and oh, i dude, just me and <laughs> <laughs> and i think what what challenges me is that i work in in many and diverse environments throughout the week so i've got um you know like i'll i'll, I'll be doing one thing with a team of people who report to me uh, at at one company and then i'll jump into preparing for a public speaking gig and then mm. doing a show like this and then being on terrestrial FM radio uh, mm. and then writing articles for a tech section in a financial magazine. So mm. I'm kind of jumping all over the place and each of those jobs has uh, a different pattern that kind of works for it. Mm. Um, and I'm just scrambled eggs all over the place, which I actually think is good for all of them mm. uh, in a weird kind of way, which I won't get into now. But um, but I, so I I I'm just I don't know I just do stuff I wake up and I do stuff and I go to sleep and <laughs> and I uh, I totally buy the beer and coffee hypothesis like beer oh. and coffee helps me get through the day yeah. um, and I I'm unash- you know it's weird because I speak to my American friends for example and they're like oh my god you're drinking at twelve in the afternoon you know and then you speak yeah. to your European friends and they're like but of course he's drinking at twelve in the afternoon I mean <laughs> who doesn't you know it's like. Um, <laughs> So it's kind of a cultural thing as well, but I've just made it acceptable. I don't really give a crap Mm. what anybody thinks about it. I'm not a drunk. I'm not an alcoholic. Mm. Um, But I, I, so, you know, I'll, I'll kind of insert beer or insert coffee as I think I need it. If I'm sitting and having to come up with a new idea, whether it's for, uh, you know, an interface on a website or an article I need to write, it's very useful Mm. to me to be able to grab a beer Get, take yeah. my notepad and sit and think about that. And then when I need to do it, it's great to drink coffee and execute. So I guess mm. it's kind of like the uh, right drunk, edit sober thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. You need Look, both think- of those energies in your life if you're going to effectively create things. Mm, so true. Look, I think everyone self-medicates. Um, you know, for some people, they self-medicate through depriving themselves from, of food, you know. Like, but you, everyone is, is playing these games with their own chemistry all the time. Um, so no one, no one should be looking down on your beer at 12 o'clock habit. I don't all. drink beer at 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're 
whiskey at 12 o'clock. Never, never at work, only at home on the weekend. (laughs) Sure, yeah, for sure. Oh dear, it doesn't look like Audible has what is your dangerous idea. This is not good. Let's give it one it would more be, try. It would be amazing if it was all each each essay was read by the person that wrote it. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem <sighs> is that uh, oh, they they do have this will make you smarter, but I want the dangerous idea one. Mm. This is bad. This means I'll never read it. <laughs> <laughs> Danger. Oh, well. uh, yeah. we'll put a link to it in the show notes anyway. Yeah, cool. You ones. know, let's just go ahead and recommend books that we haven't read and have sort of an idea what they're about. What if it's terrible? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're just linking to it, you know. I never didn't That's say it was true. great. Whatever. That's true. That's I said I would true. like to read it. Let's see. Uh huh. Eight and a half stars on Goodreads. Hmm. Yeah, can't be too bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which makes it even worse that I'm never actually going to read it. <laughs> um. So chemistry, mm. doing stuff, learning about your body and what works. It's Scientific amazing. Method. It's amazing how far you could get with just your diet. Like, yeah. I, I'm willing to bet there's a dietary configuration that would help you with your smoking problem, Sam. Almost, almost certainly. Yeah. Um, I, like I, eating well, cigarettes. <laughs> based, on, <laughs> based on previous experience, it seems to be when I'm not smoking, I just have to eat everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that, that clearly isn't ideal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I find experimenting with food has been the hardest thing for me because I just never cook properly because I don't have time. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not going to fly with me, lady. Yeah, That's everybody's excuse for not doing anything. So, so true. Manufacture so, so, so the true. time. It's important. Uh, let me rephrase. Uh, it's not a priority in my life, but maybe it should be. Yeah. But I, look at, yeah. I think it's also got a lot to do with routine. You know, you need to make it part of, of your routine. So, mm-hmm. Scott Adams talks. Uh, so I've been, <laughs> I've been quoting the man a lot in the last two weeks, but I really like That's some cool. of his ideas. He talks about using laziness to your advantage. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, the opposite of like, you know, the the pseudo kind of uh, productivity books out there uh, that'll mm. tell you, you just, you know, it's, it's, it's possible to will yourself into anything. He's like, listen, you're lazy. Use it to your advantage. Make sure that when you go to the fridge to find something to stick in your face, which you're going to do, yeah. uh, that there's only healthy stuff available. Absolutely. And then just let yeah. the laziness take over and put the yeah. celery in your face instead of the whatever. For sure. So I do that as well, you know, when I was talking about uh, sort of time planning in my day, which is the main sort of area in which I do have control in my life, I think. Um, <laughs> I think it's also been about the, the, the biggest trick I've learned is scheduling my meetings for the afternoons because I know that I'm useless in the afternoons. And I found that with meetings, all you really have to do is, is be show there. Up, you just have yeah. to show up. <laughs> I thought you weren't allowed to have meetings after 10 in the morning. I know. So I, I started scheduling just client meetings after 10, which is allowed because, you know, clients don't necessarily agree with your internal things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sneakily, I've started scheduling the occasional internal meeting then as well. Sam, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam. My evil genius plan. Mm. Oh, these small things that we have in our control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think a flexible schedule is probably the most important thing one can have. And it's, mm. it's probably the most difficult thing to master. Yeah. This is also in Scott Adams' book. I'm not sure why I don't just, you know, stick a link to his book there and go and watch more Walking Dead. It's a good thing. It's Mm -hmm. a good thing. Uh, How far are you with Walking Dead? Uh, I haven't even started season four yet. Oh, my God. Season four is getting good again. Season two was really boring. Season three was partly interesting and then got boring. I feel like I loved it all. I've just finished watching Breaking Bad. That's why everything else has been on hold. I don't get a lot of... Oh, for sure. (laughs) Nothing else feels like I it's don't worth get it. a lot of time to watch TV. Uh, <laughs> God. 
Um, yeah, but I, I was chewing through Breaking Bad. It kind of ended and everybody was, oh my Godding. And I hadn't seen a single episode of it, but it had been recommended to me a trillion times. Mm. So I dived into it and oh my God, it's good. Yeah. Uh, but now it's great. over. So I will get into uh, season four of The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's a cool thing. You have a TV void. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And mm. I will fill it this weekend uh, mm-hmm. or something. Anyway. Cool. But it's been so, good uh, chatting again. On the it internet. has been, but not as good as actually having you here. Just saying. Hashtag. Yeah, it was the eggs. Yeah. The eggs. Uh, the eggs clinched, <laughs> clinched the deal. Uh, so true. So true. Mm, those are good eggs. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well. Uh, well. Hopefully, I'll be in your neck of the woods again, or vice versa, and uh, and and we'll speak in close proximity. It sounds like a good plan. Mm-hmm. I approve of this plan. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I'll uh, I'll Skype you next week. Whatever. We can talk on the interwebs. <laughs> Rad. Have a good <laughs> okay, week, dude. Sam. You too. I hope that your week is less bewildering. Thank you. And I hope yours has less smoke in it and more celery. <laughs> Fine. And beer. Okay. <laughs> yes, lots of beer at 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> okay, bye, Mr. Dingle. Ciao. Thank you.